I wish you would have came to the Millennium Tour. I wish you would have came and seen that show. Man, don't you do me like that. You didn't make it out to the tour. That would have been dope. That would have been dope. Don't do me like that. Don't do me but like it that. Was, <laughs> but it was a full circle moment. And I, I say that to say that, man, your story, you know, you either go, you know, walk in and chin up or you're going to be slumped down. You know what I'm saying? Brothers and sisters, <laughs> my name is Kirk Franklin. And I come to give you Good words. Let's go. So brothers and sisters, I need for you to get in your imagination right now. I need for you to imagine yourself in your true religion genes. Your Air Force Ones. I need for you to imagine your shirt and you got it tucked right in the front of your belt buckle. Uh huh. And you got your wallet chain. You got your Von Dutch baseball cap tilted to the side with a bandana up under it. And you are giving me your best chicken head. You about to break the bones in your hip and in your kneecap because your chicken head goes so hard. This is the early 2000s. And you're probably doing the chicken head to the dopest, hottest B2K record out. Because today's guest was the lead singer of the hit teen boy band before embarking on his own wildly successful solo career. He's the little homie, y'all, I'm telling you. You're going to find out how so spiritually connected me and this young king are. I'm telling you, like this is like two decades in the making. Y'all, he's multi-platinum. He done gone gold, silver, wood, <laughs> copper, bronze, frankincense, myrrh. He done gone triple myrrh. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? He's so chill, so cold. I heard he didn't even cry as a baby. I heard he was dancing out of the womb and they cut his own in biblical card. That's what I'm talking about. Ladies and gentlemen, please show some love for Cali's finest, Omarion. How'd I do? How'd I do? Did I bring you out? Did I bring you out? Hey, what an introduction. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you kindly, sir. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> What's up, Kurt? How you doing, man? man? This is an honor, King. How you doing? It, it is an honor to speak with you, man. All is well, you know, in the kingdom of hearts, in the kingdom of love. Man, everything is exactly where it needs to be. And it's beautiful, man. Yeah. Listen. <laughs> While he was talking, I just felt like I needed an incense, you know? I, I just needed to burn an incense when he was talking. But you know I got hit you with this, King. Uh-huh. In 1998, I was doing open auditions for a TV show that I was working on. And it was about three to 500 young people that came out to audition for this show. West Angeles Church. Mm-hmm. West Angeles Church. You were what? Maybe what, 13, 12, 14? Yeah. Yeah, 12, 12. I'm in the audience. I'm, I'm like part of the judges and I'm going through watching all these young kids audition and you come on stage and you say your name. I didn't know who you were at the time. I didn't know anything. I mean, you were just a young kid and you auditioned for the show and you didn't make it in that very moment, but I'm going to tell you what you did. Out of 500 kids, when we said to you, man, that was good, but unfortunately, maybe not now, we're not for now. As a young kid, Omarion, you stood on that stage 
and I saw you just like a football player that is on the team that maybe didn't win the Super Bowl. And these big old husky dudes, they start to weep. And I saw this young boy start to shed tears of brokenness. And I never told you this. I said to myself, I have not seen anyone walk on that stage that wants it as bad as that kid wants it. <laughs> you were the only kid that when we told no, the emotion, but what it said to me, it showed how bad mm -hmm. you really wanted it. Yeah. Do you remember that moment? Do you remember that feeling and experience? And did I read it right? Like, is everything I'm saying, does that translate to what was happening to you at that very moment? Yeah, you know, that moment was so profound and it's so dope that you remember that moment. You know what I mean? Because at that particular time, you know, I was a rapper. I had did this demo called I Want to Be Like Puff. And I was really more so just getting into the aspect of finding my voice, you know. And um, my mom, who had worked for your staff and, and did hair for, you know, everybody on God's property and worked with Vicky yeah. Mac and everybody, which profoundly affected my experience, even in music. That particular moment, I had just got into singing and I was really stepping into a world where singing was the main tool to really create the opportunity. So I think that I was, because I definitely was a competitive kid, you know. Um, Obviously. <laughs> but it turned me up. It helped me, you know, in hindsight, see that in order to really create something for yourself, you have to have intentions. You have to really know what you're going after. And, you know, in the wake of your success, like, I don't know if I fit into that mode of those vocalists at that time that were singing gospel, you know. Mm. My development came through actually working with the people that I worked with. And that came through my experience. And, you know, a lot of entertainers, they don't have real-time experience. They kind of build up to moments, you know what I mean? But mm -hmm. it was one of those moments that I was like, if I really wanted, I have to keep trying it. I have to keep going no matter if it's a yes or if it's a no. Like, I have to keep getting better. And, you know, that's really been the story arc of, of my existence and why I'm still here and entertaining to this day. You know, I have a knack for just wanting to be better. I feel like that day that we unleashed a giant. I feel like that moment that some humans would define as failure. Right. For you was fuel. It was. <laughs> it, was. it was. Very much so. And I just want you to know that I remember that. I remember right. that moment. And you've had some really defining moments, some good ones, yeah. some rough ones, yeah. some tough ones. And I know, unfortunately, you are experiencing the transition of one of your heroes, um, Miss Phyllis. Yes. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Tell me about Miss Phyllis, bro. <sighs> wow. I called her Nana, and she is the one that has really set forth my comfort, my confidence. You know, this woman pretty much built that world around me to thrive. And um, this is actually the first time anyone that's really, really close to me has, has transitioned. You know what I'm saying? But wow. she lived a full, beautiful life. So this is me also stepping into my power as the first grandson to continue to keep her traditions of bringing everybody together going. So, Bro, would you please do me a favor and tell me one of the most memorable moments that you had with Nana. Let me see if I could tell you a more recent one. Um, when I dropped my last project, The Connection, 
we actually have some billboards on Slauson where, you know, we all grew up. Mm. And um, I pulled her around there and I said, listen, man, you know what I mean? And she was like, oh, excuse me. <laughs> Oh, look at that right there. So. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah, that was like one of the, the you know, uh, re- recent ones or whatever. But she was always proud. And, That's beautiful. You know, um, my nana was like, you know, she had that kind of, uh, that warmth, you know what I mean? Like, as an entertainer, I'm outside. I'm in the world all the time, you know what I mean? I might not have always, like, a safe space to go to unleash, you know, mm-hmm. maybe my frustration all the time. But I could go into Nana's room and I could just sit right in her bed, you know, in her purple room, and I could just be at peace. And and she was like that for me. You know what I'm saying? She was like my home too, you know what I mean? Away from home. But that sounds beautiful. That sounds beautiful, man. That just, yeah. oh man. And I can hear her because that's probably a street that she drove down for years. Yeah. And then all of a sudden your big old head <laughs> is up there. And she like, boy, boy, yeah. you ain't but look at hey. this. You know, you <laughs> oh, know man, she was amazing. so proud. She was so amazing. proud. Seems like you just had all these powerful women around you when you were coming up, man. And and then you got another one that you had in your life, your great-grandmother. Now, what, what was your great-grandmama's name? Thelma. Thelma. Yeah, but we called her Nanny. You know what I'm saying? But um, I would say Danny was like, she was a strict lady. You know what I'm saying? I would say that, you know, she's not, I wouldn't say she was my, you know, favorite one. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> I got to be honest. I got to be honest. Why was she not your favorite one? Why? Because as soon as we would walk into her yard, I don't care if she, we didn't see her. We couldn't see her. You know what I'm saying? She could be somewhere around the house. And if we touch a hair of our foot on that grass, it's a problem. <laughs> Don't you step in my garden. She was a tough lady. <laughs> and that's probably why she was also very strict when yes. it came to not only her grass, but also like y'all going to church and stuff, right? Yep, yep. Like she probably had y'all in church and make sure that y'all couldn't talk, y'all couldn't laugh or act a fool. Yeah, no, she was that kind of... You know, nanny, you know, not, no nonsense. Hey, shh, be quiet, sit, be, okay, good. You know what I'm saying? I love it. <laughs> but here's my question, though. Did you enjoy the music at church now that you are a full-fledged musician? Yeah. Even as a young buck, when you were going to church with her, did you like the music and stuff you were hearing at church? Yeah, I mean, my vocal prowess and ability that I've built up over the many years, you know what I'm saying? The essence of it is gospel. My favorite singers, you know, Eric Dawkins, Woo! Kim Burrell, yeah. um, John P. King, yeah. Fred Hammond, you know what I'm saying? Ladies and gentlemen, if you notice, ladies and gentlemen, when he said his favorite gospel singers, singers, he didn't mention me when it comes to singers. You see, <laughs> if you notice, there's a reason why he, when he said singers, I wouldn't include it in singers, but we know but, why. All right, but, then you just keep going. Keep but, going. But, <laughs> but you know what I have to say, though? I have to say, though, you profoundly inspired so many, you know what I'm saying? And the gift of song and just the way that you told the story, not only with moms working around you, like the music, the music was touching me, man. Like wow. everything you've done, you're a heavy influence in my sonic language and understanding, you know, wow. chord progressions and music. And like, I was around you, you know what I'm saying? Wow, so man, I never knew that. Yeah, I never knew for that. Sure. Thank you. 
you was vibrating crazy and you touched me for sure. You know what I'm saying? So I'm not going to cry because I'm a thug. I'm a thug. <laughs> Man, it's, I got to tell you, and if, if you don't mind, if you can just give me just a quick second, can I be a fan real quick? Can I just be a fan? I had no idea when I met you in the late 90s that you could dance the way you dance. I, I'm, I'm, I just got to be honest with you. I, I had no idea. Like, my favorite video is Touch. Oh, right. And, <laughs> and the way you stand on your tippy toes for... <laughs> You stand that on your temperature. Four, five seconds, whatever. <laughs> right. It's like you just, and I'm like, and I'm like, look at that boy standing on them temperatures. Hey, hey. I feel like somebody uncle don't. I'm like, look at that boy standing <laughs> on them temperatures. You know, it, it just, it really does seem like it is a spiritual act for you. It is. It is. It's something that I do um, daily. You know, dance is actually my first love. Really? Yeah, you know, I had my first uh, dance recital at three. So. I'm I'm a dancer first, but but that's because my mom is a dancer. You know what I'm saying? So, mm. but yeah, it's very spiritual. It is my uh, nonverbal language. You know what I'm saying? Mm. And um, yeah, man, I love I love 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 to to dance. It's very spiritual for me for sure. What do you feel and what do you think about when you're dancing? Well, see, the thing is, is you know, my body has such a relationship with music, and you know, I have to explain this because. You know, I, I have to take people back sometimes, you know, when I was moving around a lot during that, you know, touch time and Cat Williams and all the comedians would be like, that damn Omarion dancing all the goddamn time. You know, <laughs> he dancing all, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> what I have to tell people is, is that my body is, is so in tune with music that a lot of the times it's not even really my choice. You know what I'm saying? My, my body here's bass lines and here's chords, you know what I mean? Um, so I have such a relationship with music, you know, that I'm just really allowing it to happen. Mm. Um, I think earlier on, I used to choose my moves, you know what I'm saying? But really, I let the music speak to me. And, you know, I'm like telling a story every time I dance. That's what's going on when I'm dancing. It's just like, yo, the music is really speaking through me. You know, it's, it's just like, yeah, if, if, if you're a medium, you know what I mean? And you allow yourself to be, you know, abducted by the music, you know what I mean? And it just, mm. it takes you on a ride. That's, that's basically what happens most of the time, especially if I'm in the zone. What is some of your favorite music or favorite song to dance to that gets you in a space like nothing else can get you in? Well, it depends, you know, um, it depends on the moment. But I would say the music that gets me in the spirit of dance is uh, just like production, like beats with no vocals, you know what I'm saying? It could be jazz, it could be house. It could be hip hop, as long as it's, it's just the sounds. I think out of all of your music videos, I think there's something really strong. There's a deep visual, emotional experience that I see with you in the touch video. Yeah. That out of all the millions of videos, and I don't know what it is, can't explain it, but it just seems like it's something. It's the girl and the boy. It's the girl and the boy. It's that story. Gotcha. You know what I mean? Gotcha. It's the dance gotcha. of life. You know what I mean? With a woman, it's procreation. It's you know, I, I, I personally feel like that's what it is. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Just like the way you make me feel. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. You know, it's, it's the same. It's that story. It's like, oh, I'm going to get that girl. You know what I mean? And it's the, the Michael Jackson joints. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Do you know I never made that connection until now? <laughs> that's, it, it's, it's like the modern, the way you make me feel joint. 
That's Look exactly what it is. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. I love it. I love it. I love it. Listen, since we've never had a chance to really talk about it. Right. When did you develop your compass of spirituality? Like watching you, you've been so present with your meditation yeah. and your openness about your spiritual journey. Where did that come from? Who taught you that? I think that um, we are all innately searching for something more outside of ourselves. And my experience just so happened to start in Baptist church and mm -hmm. moving into the different various sectors of Christianity, you know, seven day Adventist, you know, I remember, you know, my mom. Which is very strict. Yes. No, you can't watch TV yeah. on Friday very, night. I, bro. I, I wasn't feeling that. You feel? <laughs> I was not feeling that. Bro. But, bro. Um, <laughs> you know, but then after that, I had studied with some brothers and sisters, some Jehovah Witnesses, you know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? And, I had just basically experienced a lot of different religions, you know what I mean? And seeing how spirituality is really the mirror that is of self, that a lot of the times certain religions don't motivate you to get in tune with, you know what I'm saying? But practices is something that, you know, that was passed down from Nana, that was passed down to her. So um, I think I've always been spiritual and now it has just transformed into, you know, me visiting all of these places and seeing all of these various cultures and seeing how we are all interconnected. And if we can respect one another, we can actually uh, learn more, you know, and um, share more. And I, I believe that that's what it's about. That's what the core of this life experience is about, you know, is really to know yourself and then reflect good in others. Do you feel then that like Christianity maybe inhibits that kind of self-exploration? I feel like because the stories are so focused on and highlighted that, yeah, there may be an aspect of self that is untapped. Mm. It's, it's so much about being like John or following like this or following like that. That's just like, well, what about you? You know, who are you? Mm. You know, what about you that is uh, going to take accountability or responsibility mm. for the changes that need to happen to have a better experience, to have a, a more blissful experience instead of a traumatic you know, experience, so to speak, even though beautiful things come from trauma too, you mm -hmm. know? It sounds like what I'm even hearing you say is that we could use more balance yes. on this side. That when you talk about uh, uh, trying to reach a younger generation in Christianity, that it's about balance is not only the vertical, but it's also the horizontal. Yes. Well put. <laughs> <laughs> what would you say then, uh, Young King, is your religion today? Uh, I would say my religion is wellness. You know what I'm saying? I would say my practices is more so my religion. The things that I say to myself, the things I manifest, the intentions I have when I wake up, you know, how I speak to people, how I deal in business, the choices that I make, that's more like my religion. The conscious aspect of all of those choices. That's what I would say. So now with meditation, and you, you're going to school in OG because I, I, I really want to hear some things that maybe I have not had a chance to be exposed to. With yeah. meditation, is it something that you do every day? Yeah, um, for people like us, you know, that 
have a lot going on, a lot of thoughts, yeah. and a lot of ideas, a lot of this, a lot of that. You know what I'm saying? What meditation has done for me is, is, is allowed me to kind of like recapture, get that energy that I lose from all of that brain power. You know, just mm. sitting in quiet and being able to meditate and be with myself kind of like, it, it resets me. You know what I mean? And for people like us, like, let's just say if we are a terabyte, you know, our RAM speed is going fast, you know, then we really need, mm -hmm. we need the time to be able to power down throughout the day to continue to be as productive as, because that's, that's my whole thing also is, is like, you know, I want to be productive. You know what I mean? I want to mm -hmm. be able to, if I want to be able to have fun, I want to have max fun. If I want to work hard, I want to work max. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And um, mm -hmm. what's important to the method of that is, is being able to take that time with yourself. And I also do breath work. Just breathing is something that I even show my mom a lot of the time throughout the day because, you know, we're all so stressed and we, <laughs> you know, that yeah, we actually yeah, yeah, forget yeah. the moment to just. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, so I do breath work as well. But to answer your question in totality. No, 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 that's perfect. That's perfect. It's wellness that we need to bring. It's, it's time management that we need to bring to our lives. You know, um, it's better focus. And meditating has helped me do that, especially through the ups and downs of uh, my career. You know, I um, had a real traumatic situation happen in my family about 12 years ago. And I started having panic attacks, anxiety attacks. And I started mm. learning the beauty of breathing. And, yeah. and that really became something that became a very powerful. And it is a very powerful part of my life experience now. So yeah. even um, I have issues at times with anxiety. Right. And so breathing has become a beautiful gift in, in my life alone. And so as I'm hearing you talk just because I'm a novice with it, can you maybe even help me understand more? Is there a difference between meditation and prayer? I would say um, yes and no. I think when you are praying, you are more so honing in on something specific, you know, and when you're meditating, it is your job to think of nothing. It is your job to only exist and be. So I would say that that's the difference between praying and med meditating. Very, very powerful descriptive answer. That That's something very clear. You know what? I'm so proud of you, boy. Look at you. You just <laughs> talking like a grown man. You've been out there dancing and moving around, and now you sound like a, a, a teacher. You Yo. sound like a teacher. No, and that's beautiful. But let me tell you what's also beautiful. Was so beautiful, and I'm not gonna cry because again, I've been watching you since you were young, and even when you didn't know I was watching, I was watching <laughs> over you, man. And you, man. I'm watching you with these babies. Yeah, these two little. Can you tell me their names again? Because I don't want to mess up the pronunciation of their names. Ame is the girl, and Mega is the boy. And where do these names come from? Mega, I actually had a dream about his name. He's Mega Omari Granberry, so he's pretty much the mega version of me, Mega Omari. And the spelling, too, I had a vision of the spelling. And Ame, actually, the mother of my children, she named her. I believe her mother's name is Mei Shang. And there is some meaning behind Ame. I think it's the gift of love or, or something special. <laughs> you know. They're beautiful. Yeah, They're thank beautiful, you so much. man. 
And I know it freaks you out sometimes when you look at them and when they start doing little stuff like you, you're like, oh my God, this thing is real, right? Whoa. <laughs> yeah, Mega just got a drum set. Mega just got a drum set and he's like, he's jamming. I'm like, wow. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Yeah. And it's a beautiful thing to watch out, you know, and, and what is the goal for you to teach them even with passing down your gifts of meditation? Because I've seen yeah. you sometimes post stuff with them and yeah. you're teaching them meditation. What, what exactly is it that you want them to really learn about faith or religion or spirituality? I really want to instill emotional intelligence in them. And I want them to be able to have the tools to navigate life in such a way that helps them operate on an optimal level. You know, whatever opportunities, whatever dreams they have, they can actually create for themselves. So anything and everything good, you know, I'm building a legacy, you know what I mean? And I definitely want them to continue to give love and, you know, make this life experience a beautiful one. And ladies and gentlemen, with that, we're going to take a quick break. And let's get back into it. I'm just proud to see you be a present father. Word. I'm just proud to see you engaged. You're not ashamed of your kids. You let people know yeah. that we're a package. That when you see me, you see them. And you know what I mean? Because, yep. you know, these these images continue to break the generational curses and, and the narratives of who we are, right? Yes. And, and so to see you as a big superstar but still know the value yeah. of legacy— yeah. It just makes me very proud of you, young buck. It yeah. does. And and hey, and, and I'm going to tell you more than anything, man, because I know your mama. You see <laughs> what I'm saying? <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Is I know your mama. Yeah. And, and and the fact that you've got all these beautiful women around you that, that yeah. when I hear you talk about your mother, even the grandmama that was whooping your butt for, for, <laughs> for doing backflips on yeah. her grass, because I know you was doing many black... you know that's what I was doing. Yes. <laughs> You're doing backflips on your great grandmother grass and she was yeah. whooping that. But, <laughs> but my question to you, <laughs> tell me how it was for you to experience all of this beauty of all of these beautiful black women. It's tough. You know what I mean? It's tough. It's not always pretty. You know what I'm saying? And especially when there's not always any other strong male figures around. Um, you know, me and my brother... We, we didn't always have the opportunity to have somebody that was a male that we respected tell us like, hey, man, you don't have to do it like that. You know, you can do it like this. And also to be able to realize that, you know, we fit into a certain mode because the women around us groomed us as well. You know what I'm saying? Ooh. So a lot of the times, well, I won't say a lot of the times, but sometimes people will assume that oh, you can just have you know, a surface level relationship with a woman, you know, it's like, mm. no, it's, it's, it's many layers and levels, you know what I mean? Mm. It's not always just a physical thing, you know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? And that's why I got to shout out my lady fans. I love y'all. We've been in a relationship <laughs> since we've been 14, 15, and we've been keeping the stakes strong. And I just want to tell you that I love you. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> hilarious hilarious and see and then people like me and you like men like me and you that were raised by women strong yeah. black women we we are also very sensitive men 
You yes. know what I mean? Yes. Extremely sensitive. You know, we got a little Michael Jackson on us, right? Yeah. And we got a little <laughs> Michael Jackson. And so I understand that I did too. But you just said something a minute ago that I'm not going to let you walk by because you're going to be able to bless somebody with this, man. It's obvious that based on what you said that there was an absence of a father early on. Mm-hmm. And I want to know from you if you feel comfortable sharing only to the point that you feel comfortable, Amarion. What? Yeah. What could you say in your life that you can look at now and you feel that there have also been some deficiencies yeah. that you've had as a man yeah. because you did not have a man present yeah. showing you what the potholes of life were? Yeah. Um, man, you know, that's that's a heavy question. You know what I'm saying right there? Um, and me and my brother, we always have conversations about this. And I would say... Where, you know, there was lack, it was really just understanding that, you know, sometimes women have certain emotions that you have to allow them to express without really taking them so personal. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, Like you said, you know, we're sensitive, but what I would like to say is is it's really awareness. It's it's sensitivity, but it's more awareness. You know what I'm saying? Mm. And, you know, it, it turns into awareness when you're mature enough to realize that, you know, sometimes people say things that maybe they don't mean and how to respond to that. Facts, facts, And facts. maybe, you know, overlooking things with women and, you know what I mean, and not like really holding them accountable, you know mm. what I mean? Because, you know, all I did was deal with women, you know what I mean? So... I would say that was my area of deficiency. Who were those men that set an example, though? You know, I always say I got my OGs late. You know what I'm saying? Like, later on in the game because, you know, obviously, I was really young when I started. So now, I kind of have them. And I would say that um, a real good friend of mine, Scott Parker, he's someone who, you know, highly respect and I see. Um, my dad, my dad, actually, you know, we have a great relationship and, uh, and a few and a few other cats. I have to ask you just real quick. I have to ask you, though, so that you can once again help somebody who may be listening to you. Yeah. How did you heal that with your father, though? The absence and then now listening to you now, you can tell that there's had to be right. some reconciliation internally with you to be able to do that. You know, I started my journey on that, like a lot of first time parents. And that's when you have a child, you start observing your childhood. You start looking at your parents and the things that they had and or didn't have. So, you know, I'm mature enough to recognize that when my father had me, he was 15 years old and he was a child himself. So for him to be able to, to this day, you know, actually the other day it was really interesting. Um, he called me and uh, he was telling me that he ran into one of my old basketball coaches. And he said, in that moment, he said, it hit me and it, it, it made me realize, like, I didn't even, I wasn't even there for, you know, some of your games. Like, I never went to a game of yours, you know what I mean? Mm. And it was dope to see him reflect on that because obviously his life carried him in such a way that that wasn't, you know, that wasn't important at that time. You know what I mean? And it was just mm. dope to reflect on that and to hear that. I didn't need that apology, you know, by the way. But it, it was dope to see him reflect on that and to just see that, you know, to become a man is, is to continue to grow, you know, to continue to, 
be okay with looking at, you know, maybe some of the mistakes that you made and, you know, call it out. You know what I'm saying? I respect that. I respect that's what a real man is to me. You know what I'm saying? Oh like, hey, you know what I mean? Oh hey, I, made, I messed up right there, man. That was whack, yes. man. I should have been there. But, you know, I'm here now. But I had to tell you that because that told me up, man. Oh I was like, what? I respect oh you, Bob. You know what I'm saying? And, and so do I. And so yeah. do I. For him to give you that, yeah. bro, if you listening right now, King, salute to you. Yeah. That is so dope yeah. for you to give your son that, man. I, yeah. whew, that's that's so good, man. It's, I'm going to be honest with you, though. It's, I can't even imagine not having those tools when you all of a sudden become <sighs> this super... <laughs> duper mega star that's yeah. not doing country and western not doing classical not doing you know but you're doing pop music and become a pop icon that oh. is now a young teen heartthrob without any tools Yo. of of <laughs> of learning of even knowing what to do yeah. With with women and ladies and celebrities and money. And business, yeah. Business and talking about publishing and record yeah. deals. And yeah. you got to split it. You know, uh, who's going to write? Is somebody that don't write get some money? Do they not get some money? <laughs> does on. this producer also get points? Does he get a little bit of points? Is yeah. the label the real label or does the pie get split four times and y'all get big? You do stadiums, you sell out T-shirts, draws, B2K socks. And Come then on. all of a sudden... At its height, it stops. Yeah. How did you handle the up and how did you handle the stop? Well, you know, for me, it never really stopped just because... And I'm talking about just B2K. Yeah, I, I mean, even that, you know what I'm saying? Okay. Because it, it was kind of coming to an end in a, a not-so-positive way. And you know how when you, you know, it's, all, it's time. You know what I mean? It's time. And it was kind of turning into that. So, you know, it was more so of a transition for me. It didn't feel like, you know, things stopped. It felt like, okay, now it's time for this. But as far as like handling the ups and downs, it's really a matter of perspective. You know, success comes on many levels, on many planes. And B2K being, you know, the boys of the new millennium, you know, and having to actually paid my way to even where I am today. You know what I mean? Uh, I wish you would have came to the Millennium Tour. I wish you would have came and seen that show. You didn't Man, make it out to the tour. That would have like, been dope. That would have been dope. But don't do it, me like that. Don't do was, me like that. <laughs> but it was a full circle moment. And I, I say that to say that, man, your story, you know, you either go, you know, walk in and chin up or you're going to be slumped down. You know what I'm saying? And you go allow, you know, the perspective or the reality of change collapse you. You know what I'm saying? And for me, I just, that's just never was my position. You know what I'm saying? So. I have a 32-year-old daughter. So during that moment, I did not like you. Your, your music <laughs> played in my house too much. It was just, it was just too much. It was too much B2K in my house. I, you know, and it's like, and it's like, I know this little boy. And it's like, it's just too much in my house and the posters and the, it was just too much. It was just too much. Wow. There was a moment that I did not like you. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Marion, do you think though, that growing up from teens to men though, had anything to do with the split, though? Like, real talk? No, I think, um, no, not I think. I know, you know, solely what had to do with the separation and, you know, and the dividing. And that was really, 
the elders and the, the older people in the situation, you know what I'm saying? And not really keeping things above board. Like, how do you maintain a friendship in business, you know, as a, as a child? You know what I mean? Mm. It's like, you know, we're told where to be. You know what I'm saying? We're told what to do. So our relationships are always, you know, be on that level, but it was convoluted with other things, you know, like jealousy, like, oh, this person is better than that person. You know what I mean? It was convoluted with things that just, um, it didn't make it better. It didn't make it better. You know what I mean? And that's what was so profound about the reunion because we decided that we wanted to take back, you know, whatever we experienced mm. together. Mm. And we were able to set everything aside. And, you know, that's really like, you know, what life is about. You know, you're not always going to work with people that you like. You know what I mean? But it's something powerful when you're able to, you know, do the work. And that's exactly, you know, what we did. That's what I did. And that's beautiful. But come on, man, help the people. How, how did you get there? How do you do the work? Because I'm listening to you now, and it sounds like that you got on some, some sandals and your feet are all lotioned up and you're sitting on the beach and you're just giving us words, you know, like, like a nice little baby prophet. But help the people, though, Mariam, you know, okay. because... You know, like help people in a tangible example. Okay. Like, how do you do that kind of work to right. get to that space? You have to have intention. You have to have intention and you have to have purpose. You know, um, purpose puts you in the position with the universe, you know, to really make some things happen. So that if we're talking tangible, let's just say my purpose was to make people happy. You know, every time I sung a song, it was to make people happy. Because, you know, I've continued to carry out this purpose. In turn, when I'm going through something in my time of need, the universe provides for me. Mm, mm. And, and that's what, you know, if we're talking about this mechanism and this thing, you know, called life, you know, like how to master it or how to, you know, put the odds in your favor is you, you have to have good intentions, period. Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. Now you got my mind popping. And let me tell you why what you're saying is so interesting. Because look at the polarization in the world right now, right? right. You've got so many people divided. People are divided by politics. People are divided by religion. You know, even in our communities, you know, women have racism, but we have classism, right? Right. And so, like, you have purpose, but how did you get your brothers on the same page? Ooh, it took some sacrifice. It took some sacrifice, you know, because we're all in different spaces. You know what I mean? We're all going through different things. Um, if I'm speaking for myself, you know, um, to be able to get on one accord and have such a big difference in separation and opinion and in business and personally, I really got to chalk it up to the universe. You know what I mean? Because to be completely honest with you, you know, I moved on from B2K a long time ago. So to be able to do the reunion and to see that it meant more to my legacy than, you know, may have personally what I felt or what we've gone through. That was the reason. That was, that was the purpose. And really, when you're dealing with, you know, a situation like I was dealing with, it's like, that's all you can do. All you can do is, is set forth with your, you know, intention of, saying what you're going to do and doing what you're going to say. And that's, mm. it, it, and that's all you can do. What would the Omarion now say to that Omarion then? I would say job well done. 
job well done. I know you didn't want to do it. At any moment, anything could have went wrong. You know, at any moment, it could have went down. It could have popped off, you know, and it could have ended. But, you know, there was a reason and there was several reasons, you know, and one of those reasons wasn't just to have, you know, one of the biggest tours that you've ever been a part of grossing 30 Facts. million, you know, Facts. grossing Facts. 5 million in one weekend. If I wouldn't have been able to accept that, I wouldn't have been able to accomplish that and also end it in, you know, my hometown, Inglewood at the four, you know what I mean? That's prolific, mm. you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it so, is. <laughs> That's beautiful. That's beautiful. And it's just beautiful to, to just kind of see it all come together for you in between your spiritual journey. Yeah. And even just listening to you now, the way you carry yourself, even in the public eye. And now I see why they call you the unbothered king. <laughs> <laughs> now I see why. Now I see why. Now, now I see why. And I'm going to be honest with you, man. You know, that's not easy. That is not easy. I struggle no. with that. And I'm much older than you. You know yeah. what I'm saying? It's something that I'm impressed with. Yeah. And and voice my you know, like, is there really an icebox where your heart used to be? <laughs> <laughs> so, 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 is there something spiritual about being this unbothered? Like, do you think about it like that? Yes, because you can either react or you can respond. Which position do you want to be in? You know what I mean? And a lot of the times when we react, we don't really give ourselves the best opportunities for benefits. But when we respond and we take those moments to reflect and say, okay, you know what? This is what I'm going to do. Being unbothered is important. And, you know, I always like to speak about that. I'm actually uh, writing a book now. Congratulations. The title is Unbothered, The Power of Choosing Joy. And I really break down in my uh, book the importance of creating that space for yourself. And being unbothered is important. You should be bothered too. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, being unbothered doesn't mean you just ignore your emotions. You know what I'm saying? Good, good, yeah, you, good. You just, you good. Just, I'm glad you said that. Yeah, yeah. No, being unbothered don't mean you're not bothered. No, you'd be bothered, but you think about it. You know, it. I like you said that, King. The reason why I'm so glad you said that is I hate when people say to people, especially in my faith, that it's wrong to question God. Right. And it's like, no, no, if God is your father, right. what loving father is not going to want to hear the, 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 the issues of their kid's heart? Exactly. And so I'm glad you said that. So please continue on that, man, please. Yeah, so, you know, it's really important that we are able to, you know, respond instead of react, period. Listen, you said something about your dad that I just want to ask you again. Yeah. When you talked about forgiveness, and I think that right right now, just when you see the lack of empathy in society. Yeah, and, it's crazy. You know, you, it, it's mad crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. How do you get there? Well, it definitely takes time. I would say my dad did a great job of just being consistent and showing up, you know, um, never getting too much in his head and feeling like I don't belong here, you know, because that happens a lot of the times, you know. People feel misplaced in your life when you're moving through life so, you know, um, so fast. And for a person like me, that's how it would appear to be. It's like, oh, Mars doing this, Mars doing that, right? You know what I mean? But um, he was resilient in the act of showing up and just being present. And um, also, you know, he did a great job at uh, speaking with me and speaking to me. And, um, you know... 
I always felt as a kid that I had the kind of personality that I never really felt like I needed a man. Like, uh, because, you know, I was outfit out and it was like me and my mom and it was like, oh, who are you? You know what I'm saying? So I never really felt like I, I needed my father. But once I had my son, I saw how important it was, especially when it came down to the heritage, you know, of the men, you know, mm. and, and my lineage, you know what I'm saying? Mm. Like, my dad had a lot of those answers for me, you know what I mean? And, and that just, you know, actually was a mirror of self too, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, you know, I think dads are so important, you know what I mean? So, so <laughs> yeah. the nugget I would want to give people is, is just trust your process, be honest with yourself. And don't worry about rushing. Whatever you feel, speak how you feel because it's a process, you know, to, to be able to create a great relationship. You have to go through things. You have to be there in important moments. You know what I'm saying? So I would just say, you know, take your time, be patient, be honest, and um, love hard. You know what I'm saying? Love hard. I want to know, would you forgive me for bodying the Amarion challenge like I did. I forgive Would you. Would you forgive me? Hey, you bodied it. You bodied it. <laughs> you bodied it. That's facts. What What did you think when you saw the OG do the Amarion challenge? What did you think? What did you think? First of all, you know, because, you know, I dissected it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's number one. Okay. First of all, okay. Okay. Fade in shot. I was like, oh, he's on it. He's on it already. <laughs> Fade in, shot, roll up, and it's like you're showing the hands first. You feel me? And then it's like I heard the strings, and I was like, it's a wrap. And then when we got the shot, the full body shot of you going up, oh. <laughs> then you had the fit on. I was like, yeah. oh. <laughs> hey, man, I have to tell you, thank you so much for doing that, man, because, oh, you man. know, all all of the moments that I've ever had with you and I've encountered with you and I, I share one with you, you know, because we had ran into each other in the airport many years ago. And, mm. um, you know, you did something so simple, but something I'll never forget. You was going to get um some food and you asked us if we wanted something. You was like, hey, y'all want something, man? You know what I mean? And I was like, yo, see? You know what I mean? Wow. That, 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 that was so simple, but... You know, uh, I appreciate you always being, you know, that type of brother that will wrap your arm around mm. us. You know what I'm saying? Uh, mm. us, us young people, you know what I mean? It'd be like, hey, you know what I mean? So I appreciate that. And I always respect and admire that about you. And, you know, I always will love that and cherish that about you and your artistry. Much respect. Ladies and gentlemen, please help me thank a very talented, gifted, blessing to the earth. Please, y'all, this has been an honor. It's been 360. As you can tell, there's a lot of love here. And I'm yes, so, so proud. If I could find a bigger word than pride, I would use it. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, help me, help me thank to good words, Young King, Mr. Omarion. Thank you. Thank you, Kurt. Mad love. I'm gonna pull up on you. Tell your mama I yeah. said hi. Sure. 
What's up, West Coast baby? <laughs> So thank y'all so much for listening to Good Words, man. I hope you are enjoying yourself. I hope you're, man, enjoying the journey that you're taking with your boy. And if you are, please do me a favor. Leave a review on your favorite podcast app. Can you do that for me? I'd appreciate it. And don't you forget, you can never go too far or you can't come back home. Good Words with Kirk Franklin is a collaboration between For Your Soul Entertainment, Sony Music Entertainment, Arts Inspiration, and something else. Produced by Janicia Francis with senior producer Danielle Jones-Wesley. Associate producers are Danya Abdelhamid, Rachel Chodar, and Kyra Asabe Bansu. It's executive produced by Ron Hill, Reese Brooks, Sarita Wesley, Tom Koenig, Hybrid Agency, and myself, your boy, Kirk Franklin. This episode was mixed by Calvin Bailiff, and special thanks to Charlie Yador and Steve Ackerman.